0: I'm Autumn Lockett.
1: And this is Mitch Randall.
0: And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly.
1: Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, Autumn and I are going to catch up after a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to talk about what's going on, the latest with COVID-19 and the Omicron variant that has emerged. And we're also going to talk about Advent, as everyone around the world, uh, at least those who are Christian, are looking forward to the coming of Christmas and the celebration of Jesus' birthday. And then later on the pod, we're very fortunate that our very own colleague, Rev. Charlotte Thomas of Race, Raceless Gospel Initiative, is interviewing the very Rev. Dr. Kelly Brown-Douglas, Around the issue of race. And Dr. Douglas is the Dean of the Episcopal Divinity School at Union Theological Seminary. It's a wonderful conversation. So stay tuned. Hey, Autumn, guess what time of year it is? Halloween. No. Thanksgiving? No.
0: It's too early for Christmas. People keep telling me
1: it is a little too early for Christmas. No, it's the time of year when nonprofits ask for money. You know,
0: Mitch, I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Well, It is an exciting time of year, because even here at Good Faith Media, we need to, from time to time, ask our listeners and readers to help support this great effort of keeping this message alive. Yeah,
0: the voices of inclusive people of faith are tragically underrepresented, leaving many feeling alone. And then we layered in this global pandemic, which pushed all of us further into isolation. But... Good Faith Media provides a space for our voices to unite and impact the world for good.
1: And our daily news and opinion pieces provide thoughtful reflection from spiritual and thoughtful leaders around the world.
0: Our Nurturing Faith Journal is a print magazine that circulates six times a year to churches and households nationwide, delivering thoughtful analysis, inspiring features, and Jesus' focused Bible study curriculum.
1: And if you like this podcast, Good Faith Weekly, make certain to subscribe to more exciting and challenging podcasts brought to you by the Good Faith Media Podcast Network. Gather around your device as GFM continues advocating for inclusion for all, justice for all, and freedom for all. You can find more information about this at goodfaithmedia.org forward slash donate. Autumn, how was your Thanksgiving weekend?
0: You know, it was good. It was a lot of driving. It was um
1: And a so lot you went fun. out of town for Thanksgiving.
0: I went out of state, Mitch. I crossed the Red River oh, and my went to goodness. see some Texans for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was it was really good. We stayed with some sweet seminary friends and spent some time in Waco. Um, we took our kids to see the Baylor Bears on Baylor's campus. You did, and yeah. So that was that was pretty exciting. They were doing tricks, and um, my eight year old son actually said the word "sickum."
1: Oh, was, oh, what's you're not raising moment. those kids right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was really good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was
1: good. It was quiet. Uh, both of my boys are out of state, uh, one going to school, one living out of California. Uh, but both of them flew back for the holiday. Uh, it was kind of strange because they didn't get back until Thanksgiving night, and so uh, Missy and I had a quiet uh, Thanksgiving morning. Uh, but uh, when they arrived, uh, we prepared and got ready for a th- Friday Thanksgiving. And uh, it was grand. We had a really, really good time with them, catching up with what they're doing in their lives. And uh, Missy prepared an incredible meal, just did a great job as she always does. So I've got a question for you because this could be very controversial and it could really uh, cause problems in our friendship.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Are you going to ask me if it's sweet or savory cornbread? Because I'm a savory girl.
1: Okay, no, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I, I'm totally okay. well. There's actually now there's two questions I have for you. Uh, the first one is a little bit more benign. Is it pecan pie or pecan pie?
0: Pecan. 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 Pecan is something you go in when you can't hold it to the next gas station.
1: <laughs> Thanks for that is visual.
0: Is appropriate to say on this podcast? I don't know.
1: No, <laughs> how do you no. Say it? Uh, you know what's funny. <laughs> Oh, man, we're about to go down a rabbit hole because uh, I had an old minister tell me one time, he said, uh, now, if you ever find yourself traveling out in West Texas, he said, make sure you got a pecan with you because there's no bathrooms out there late at night. This is what I'm
0: saying. There's not. No. A pecan. But you don't want that in a pie, Mitch. Uh, That's right. You want the the little nut in your pie.
1: That's right. Okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Here's the controversial question. Is it okay not to have turkey? For your Thanksgiving meal, because
0: oh, absolutely.
1: Here's yes. a, here's my my opinion. Turkey is severely overrated.
0: I I get it. It is a trickier protein for sure because of the fat content. Um, the volume that I have to cook for with my throngs of children, a turkey's <laughs> better for me because I'd I get have to it, cook yeah. two chickens. Get it. Yeah, sure. You know, but especially if you have a smaller family, I think a well-cooked chicken can do it, as long as it's a whole chicken. I think you have to have a whole bird.
1: We did holiday. have a, a whole chicken, and that's what we've done in the last two years. We have abandoned the turkey and have embraced the chicken i love that Uh, yeah so uh, yeah it's been it's been nice Uh, and it was one of my sons like last year during the pandemic when you know nobody was meeting together uh it was just us and he said, "You know, why do we do turkey every year? Can not we do something that we like?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, what do you like?" Right? And he said, I-, "I like chicken." I said, "Okay, we can do chicken."
0: <laughs> so, Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a reason they don't use turkey broth in a dressing; use chicken broth. Ah, like it's just, it's just better. It is.
1: It just, it really is. So, all right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, all the thank- important stuff. That's right. Uh, Thanksgiving is now behind us, and I hope everybody listening to this podcast had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I also hope that you appreciated the little video that I sent out on Thanksgiving Day, uh, reporting from the garage, us at Good Faith Media wishing you a happy Thanksgiving from our garage to yours as we once again gather with our families, uh, sharing everything that is great and grand about Thanksgiving. But now with that in our rearview mirror, we are knocking on the door of Advent. In fact, uh, uh, we had Advent one this last Sunday. So Autumn, you grew up a, a good Baptist girl. I grew up in a Southern Baptist uh, church. Advent is something new for me. Um, was it new for you?
0: It, it wasn't. I grew up doing, once I was a freshman, we started going to um, First Baptist Church of Clifton, which is just north on Highway 6 mm-hmm. from Waco. and The bastion uh, of
1: progressivism over there.
0: You know what? They actually did a really good job. That's awesome. I love uh, that. And we had, we had an Advent, and that was the first time I'd ever heard the word Advent mm-hmm. as a freshman in high school. But, you know, we were close enough to Truett at the time that they were sending us a fresh crop of music and youth ministers, and I thought it was beautiful. I remember lighting the candle with my family and reading the verses, and I, I really enjoyed sort of the, the high church mm-hmm. feel of Advent.
1: What about you? You know, we didn't grow up with it. Uh, you know, I don't remember the avid, uh wreath or candle being on the podium or not, not the podium, but uh, on the stage area as a kid. Um, I was introduced to it later on in life. It's become extremely important to me and my family uh, as we lead into the Christmas season. But uh, you know, it's 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 this the season of expectation. And I saw on social media the other day that you and your family lit the Advent candle for the first Sunday this year. What, did, what does that mean to you when you and your children walk up to that Advent candle and you're lighting the first candle in expectation of the coming of the Christ child?
0: Yeah, it was really special. We actually, we were talking about it with our, talk about a bastion of a church with Sherry, who runs all things in Norman, Oklahoma. (laughs) And it was the first time our family had lit the Advent candle since there were just three of us, Mm -hmm. since we just had Ava. So it was, it was, you know, the first time that our whole complete family lit and the kids, I feel like really sort of understood the decorum of the event. Sometimes you get kids near a stage and it's sort of crazy, but Ava read the responsive reading and the whole church was, you know, talking together in unison about the expectation of Jesus. And it was just a hope um, That's it was the candle of hope, in mm-hmm. fact. And it just it was a nice time for us as a family and then also as a church family to set our feet on the path toward Jesus.
1: Yeah, There's a, there's something about the liturgy and it, it's more interactive. It's more relational as you experience this lighting of the Advent candles week by week and the expectation—I'm sorry, not the expectation, but the anticipation builds over the weeks. And it's just this beautiful, uh, forward-thinking faith as we progress towards the coming of the Christ child. I just—I I love every element of it, and, and i, I I'm so happy that we were part of that at North Haven uh, in a local church context, and they've carried on that tradition. You know, One of the most special moments for me and Missy has always been the Christmas Eve service for over a decade. Uh, the boys, when they were little, all of us would go to ro- light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve, the you know, Christmas Eve service, uh, the candlelight service, and it was just this, this something that I, I miss profusely. But it mm-hmm. meant so much to us. It meant so much to my boys. I think it really was a, a watershed form, a watershed moment for them and their faith, because it was faith that was touchable. It was tangible. It was something they could they could touch, and they could smell, and they could see. It just wasn't words. It had, mm-hmm. had interaction to it.
0: And, you know, Mitch, in a time when church feels probably the most divisive since the Civil War,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's so neat to think about all the congregations that were lighting that candle Mm. on the same Sunday and we're reading similar verses and there was just a moment of like, okay, we're all in this together, you know, like we are, could we act like it would be great.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I hope so because we're going to need it, Autumn, because lo and behold, there's another variant that has emerged around the world, the Omicron Variant is uh, causing a lot of stir uh, among the medical community governments. Uh, some uh, countries have already closed their borders to outside visitors. Um, what are you hearing?
0: I'm hearing similar things. President Biden just put out a message that said it's time to be alert, but not to panic. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good reminder we've We've been through hard things, and we can continue. We are much more educated today than we were at this time last year about covid how it spreads what we can do to stay safe my boys got their second dose Mm -hmm. of the, the child vaccine yesterday and we are so excited and happy about that um you know i just think we just have to be able to roll with it if we could all get together and you know do the right thing for the good of all it would be great but i it you know you and i were talking on a meeting just before this that there are folks who are you know just completely anti covid but by being anti covid they're super pro covid
1: mhm yeah 100% well i i think president biden was wise that there's something that we need to be concerned about but uh don't need to panic at this point i mean the reality is uh, i think we're going to have to learn to live with covid-19 Uh, Also, different variations of COVID-19, other COVID variants that are going to emerge in the upcoming years. Um, It's just going to become a lot part of life, and we need to take precautions and be careful and uh, stay healthy. Uh, Get vaccines when vaccines are available to us, and just uh, be aware because... We need to take care of one another, and that's uh, what it means to be a part of a global community, be part of the human race, to be part of God's children, is to learn to take care of one another. And Jesus said it best, uh, to love God is to love your neighbor, and to love your neighbor is to love God. And we need to do that in every sense of praise. Well... I'm going to be taking off for vacation uh, this week. And so we've recorded this opening a little earlier than usual. So we're not really certain what has unfolded over the week. Uh, if something important, world peace. <laughs> if world peace breaks out, then Autumn and one of our colleagues will uh, record it, uh, a segment really quick before uh, we introduce our guest uh, for this particular episode. A couple of weeks ago, the Reverend Starlet Thomas and I went to Louisville, Kentucky to the Festival of Faith 2021, and it's a, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, it's been going on for two decades now. I mean, just really remarkable speakers, uh, organization. And uh, the topics have been plentiful, but this particular year they wanted to talk about race because of what had taken place in their city and the murder of Breonna Taylor. And so they had scholars and pastors from all over the country come in to Louisville to talk about the issue of race. And one of the Participants and speakers was the very Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas. Dr. Brown Douglas is the Dean of the Episcopal Divinity School at Union Theological Seminary in New York, and she was just spectacular. Uh, Starlet Thomas uh, sat down with the Reverend Kelly Brown Douglas a few weeks ago before the festival began and just had a delightful conversation with her. So I hope that uh, you enjoy this interview. Uh, it is worth a listen. And uh, we're really excited that uh, we're able to bring it to you. So, Autumn, with that, uh, we're about to cut into the interview. But I uh, just want to say uh, I am going to miss everybody on my vacation. But I'm really not going to miss you a whole lot <laughs> because I'm, we're going to have a be good away. time. It's good to away. It's going to be family. a good away. So, yeah, so it's going to be the first time the four of us have had a vacation by ourselves ever. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that.
2: I'm Rev. Starlette Thomas, Director of the Raceless Gospel Initiative at Good Faith Media, and host of the Raceless Gospel Podcast. The Advent season is coming, and we're delivering a podcast, Jesus is Coming. It's an Advent podcast series from us at Good Faith Media. We'll drop four episodes, one for each Sunday of Advent. a season of preparation for a kingdom that is coming back up. Give everyone some space. There is plenty good room. Come one, come all, to Jesus. Jesus is coming. An Advent podcast series by me, Reverend Starlet Thomas. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. making the announcement. (laughs) Great. Canon theologian at the National Cathedral, dean of Episcopal Divinity School at Union Theological Seminary in New York City, and author of Resurrection Hope, A Future Where Black Lives Matter, I am joined by the very Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas. Welcome, Dean Douglas.
3: Wow, it's so good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Thank
2: you so much for your time and, um, and the gifts that you come bearing. Um, you're speaking at this year's Festival of Faiths on Racial Reckoning and the History of Racialized Violence in America. So my first question is this. The Church in North America continues to segregate on Sunday mornings. The mixture of faith and race both inform and malform Americanized Christianity. Why are theological conversations about race essential to our understanding and even our practice of faith?
3: Yeah, Again, thanks for having me and what a great question, because let me begin with the way you phrased the question that faith informs and malforms our uh, concerns about race and, and and the way in which races uh, become such a central issue of what it means in this country, even to be an American or not, right? And so when we talk about the democracy of this country, when we talk about uh, how we see ourselves as a nation, there is no way to uh, not talk about race, as Toni Morrison once said, to say American is to speak of race. So now when we say that, we also have to begin to understand deeply the way in which religion has been a factor in, I'm gonna use your words, informing and malforming our whole understanding of race. That is uh, the way in which religion has been used to legitimate sort of white supremacist anti-blackness in this country from the inception of this country. Uh, And on the other hand, we have also seen instances where religion has informed us and thus pushed us toward this greater understanding of who we can be beyond these toxic constructs of uh race. So when we when you ask how can why do we have to have the theological uh uh concern when it comes to these issues of race, et cetera. Well, here's the thing, as you know, and I and I take this phrase from an 11th century theologian who said that theology is faith-seeking understanding. So we need to understand the ways in which our faith have played a role not only in moving people in this toward freedom this nation toward its better angels if you will but the way in which our faith has also acted as a barrier Uh, between us and let's say the just future that God has promised for us all. And so theology, it helps us to do that because we began to take seriously the role that our faith played and ask, put questions to our faith. And as we put those questions to our faith, what we're really asking ourselves is what does it mean uh, to believe in a God that we claim to be just, a God that we claim to be loving, et cetera, et cetera, in relationship to these matters of the race and the way in which we have conducted ourselves as religious people in trying to resolve uh, these matters of race.
2: My gosh, which leads me into the second question. In your estimation, what does America need to reckon with regarding the sociopolitical construct of race? And what is the church's
3: role in this work? Uh, see, I'm so glad you keep asking these easy questions, Reverend <laughs> But, but yeah, you know, it's it's what's so good, and, and as you use that word reckoning, is that the nation claims to be reckoning, uh, have coming to this moment of racial reckoning. This is not the first moment in this country that we have come to this place of racial reckoning, and we are still at a point of racial reckoning, uh, 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 and so what this nation must tell the truth about, must confront, is the way in which Anti-black white supremacy is at the very foundation of this nation. That in this nation's earliest beginnings, when the uh, pilgrims and Puritans, if you will, those early founders who landed upon this land that was already uh, inhabited by uh, First Nations people, in a, and 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 exploited those people stole the land when they landed they landed with the notion and the ideal that this nation was to be yes uh an exceptional nation the city on the hill but that american exceptionalism was always associated with anglo-saxon exceptionalism and until this nation reckons with that then we will not begin to even understand how we can get to that place of that vision that it somehow briefly uh, gave birth to where we would be a nation where there would be freedom and justice for all. So that's what this nation needs to reckon with. And and of course we know that the nation, our nation is running from the truth of, of that reality. Come on and preach Dean.
2: It took all I had not to interrupt with that.
3: Uh, Well, you can interrupt.
2: (laughs) Preaching, your newest book, Uh, Resurrection Hope, a future where Black Lives Matter is a reflective response to your son's well-informed question of theodicy. From I am a man to Black Lives Matter, African-Americans have been protesting their dehumanization, social and physical death. What does this say about our present reality? And what can we hope for in the future?
3: Yeah, you know, and and I like that you, of course, point out that this book, Resurrection Hope, uh, really was a combination of conversations with my son. It, uh, starting when the, the, I, uh, he was 27, he's now 28, but uh, 27, 28, six foot tall, lock wearing Black man who continue to ask me, particularly as we move through the four years that were uh, of making America great again, uh, continue to ask me if I ever really thought Black lives would matter in this nation, right? That is a theological question. Right? Because we have to ask, embedded in that question, is trying to understand the justice of God. And I tell you, it took me on a journey to try to understand that and to, you know, we hear the question, how long, oh Lord, how long? And, and that theodicy question, right? If if God's so just and God can do anything, then why this, this evil, sinful reality that is white supremacist anti-Blackness, that is not benign. It's taking Black lives every day. And of course, this... the these COVID realities, again, is a reflection of the way in which this white supremacist anti-Blackness came together to let Black people die. And so even as we know that our nation uh, is complacent in letting Black people die, the question became, is God? Right? Is God? And and so it, it was a journey of trying to find that hope that that resurrection hope if you will that did not allow me or didn't has not allowed our people to get steeped in that pit of despair that that suggests that it doesn't matter and so you know the answer uh, uh to your question you know or and to my son's question will there be a future where black lives Uh, will matter. You know, I often say as long as there's a God, there will be. Uh, uh, And, uh, you know, I think of those people whom I talk about in the book and and I often say that as bad as things are (laughs) and in as much as our nation has yet to face the reality of who it really is, that... You know, we, it's been worse, and we come from a people who were enslaved, and there were people who were born into slavery, right? Who died into slavery, who never, ever, ever breathed a free breath, and in fact, never Ever dreamt that they would breathe a free breath, right? Yet here's the thing they fought for freedom anyhow. They fought for freedom anyhow because they believed in the freedom that was the justice of God. And because they fought for that freedom, you and I are sitting here having this conversation, right? They are our history as a Black people in this nation, is the response to the theodicy question she raised earlier, and is in so many respects the response to my son's questions about whether or not Black lives will ever matter. So. <laughs>
2: The way I leaned into my computer screen as you were speaking, <laughs> I have been pulled in. Thank you so much, Dean Douglas, for your time. I am deeply grateful. The book drops today, I am y'all.
3: Grateful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. And God's look forward peace. to other conversations and meeting you in person.
2: Yes, Dean Douglas, God, peace and good journey to you.
3: And to you. Okay. Bye now.
1: Well, we want to thank uh, Starlet Thomas and the Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas for their conversation. We've learned so much from them and all the participants in the Festival of Faith 2021. Uh, It's been a great week. We hope that uh, you're having a great week as Advent is now upon us. Uh, We're going to be back with somewhat of a normal show next week uh, as we're back in studio. But until then, keep living good faith.